0: We were camping up in the Manistee National Forest and I was laying on a hammock strung between two trees, looking up at the sky. And up in the sky, I saw this vision. And so I ran to the van and got my little tape recorder and wrote this song. The Great Big Ice Cream Sundae from Outer Space was in a place prepared for me The great big ice cream sundae from outer space I stuffed my face cause it was free And when I was finished its its size was not diminished The great big ice cream sundae from outer space was in a place prepared for me Hey kids, I would like to start today uh, with a bit of vent that has absolutely nothing to do with politics, if that's alright with you. Because, quite frankly, I'm sick of them again already. Um, This is about hackers. Um, When I was in fourth grade and I was able to make my teacher's uh, computer play The Entertainer by Scott Joplin, that was pretty neat. It's pretty neat when you can get your your computer to do something that no one knew it could do. That's very neat. When you are using your skills to break into other, other computers that aren't yours, and steal information that isn't yours, and spreading it around and putting it up for sale and so forth for the nefarious purposes, it repulses me. To put it nicely, twice this week I've had to change my password across the board, uh, and I, I had a pretty fantastic password, mind you, but it wasn't my security that was the problem. It was idiotic uh, websites and apps that didn't want to get with the program. Billionaires. Billionaires have crappy security on their apps and on their website. And so my information got leaked, as did millions of others. A billionaire screwed up his own website and app by not having the proper uh, security on it. And so I have to change thirty plus passwords, and you say, "Why don't you use a different one for each one do Do you think I want to spend that much time coming up with thirty different passwords and memorizing what thirty different passwords are and then of course, of course uh each of these sites has specific guidelines for what what you're allowed to put in there and what you're not. Oh, some insist that you put special characters, but others insist that you don't put special characters. Some want want you to capitalize, and others, if you specifically capitalize, you always have to specifically capitalize. Some want numbers, others can't take numbers. Some, believe it or not, I have learned, don't like it if you use foul language in your password. I won't say what website, and I won't say what foul language, but once you create 30 different passwords for 30 different websites, yeah, you tend to get a little frustrated, especially when I have to go through my own two-factor... uh, uh, my my own two-factor system to uh, to change the password. I go into the app. I say change password. It says okay. We're sending you an email. I open up the email. It says click here now. Enter your uh, now you've got to enter your your PIN for your phone. So I enter my PIN and then it pops up with attempting to uh, enter your PIN, here's this number, and it'll give you a number then you've got to enter that number in over here to say, yes, I'm the one entering my PIN, then I have to go over here, and I have to receive a text, and if I have to receive the text, then I have to enter some ungodly number, or some random gibberish of numbers and letters, into a completely different section of the same app, and then it says, you can click close window now, I close the window, and then it says, uh, okay, now you've changed your password, and it sends me a text and an email saying, oh, by the way, you've changed your password. Then it logs me out of the app, and I have to log back in to prove that I indeed changed the password. Dear God in heaven, and this is 30 times over and over again. So, yeah, the 30th one, I, I put a foul word in my password. And uh, the website in question actually looked at it and said, you can't use that. Why? <laughs> Why? That doesn't make any sense. And I was so busy laughing. And I said, never mind. It's not that important, I guess. But now I've got, you know, 30 different passwords for 30 different sites and apps, and it and, and a- almost all of them were uh, two-factor uh, authentication, and so I had to go through all of that, and I have a butt-ton of uh, emails now that say, you changed your password, you changed your password, you changed your password, you changed your password. Yes, I know! and all because there was some loser who can make computers do all sorts of neat things, and instead of creating, I don't know, an edit button on Twitter, or perhaps a, uh, a, a nice browser that goes around this whole uh, data mining that's going on with Google you know maybe they could have done that instead create a new browser or maybe they could have they could have created a uh, a vpn that i can actually use on my phone so i stop getting blackouts of certain programs simply because of location mm, what do you think about that maybe they could do that instead of stealing people's stuff could they could they do that? Could they uh, could they figure out why the new SpongeBob SquarePants game doesn't work on my phone after it worked just fine for about a month? Mm-hmm. Can they, can anyone figure that one out instead? Is uh, maybe that's an option that they have? Maybe they can figure out why Krista's uh, phone is currently a vegetable and uh, keeps shutting down. Maybe that maybe that's something they could do instead of stealing people's information and posting it on the dark web. It's not cool. It's not cool at all. As a matter of fact, I giggle because the last hacker I knowingly liked at all was uh, in the movie Jurassic Park. And I don't mean Wayne Knight's character. I'm talking about the little girl who hacked into Jurassic Park's uh, computer system to save the day. Pretty much every hacker ever since can kiss my rear end. They want to steal people's information, post it on websites, post it for sale, use it for ransom. It's, it's unacceptable. If you, if you're that intelligent, for the love of God, do something wonderful for yourself and for humanity. The, the human race isn't worth a doodah anymore. And we, to the point that many of us are actually hoping that NASA does not succeed in stopping the asteroid that is currently headed toward Earth. So maybe, just maybe, instead of hacking everybody's, uh, stuff, Shutting down several apps, uh, causing every app I turn on yesterday, it was, oh, this app was hacked, you may want to change your password immediately. That's not what I want to hear when I'm tuning in to listen to some music, okay? It really shouldn't be the case. Get a life, people. Stop picking on uh, on all the wrong people. If you want to pick on somebody, I can give you a list of people to pick on who are absolute villains. Stop picking on the rest of us. Stop stealing our information and posting it on the internet, or posting it for sale, or using it to steal our stuff. Most of us don't have a lot of stuff. I know I don't have a lot of stuff. So please, please consider behaving yourselves, and using your powers for good. Just a few notes from a Browns fan about the Browns vs. Chargers today. The first one being one that I'm pretty sure I've mentioned on here, and at the very least I've mentioned it many a time on Twitter. This is a news flash both to the locals and also to the national and world media who are gladly toting water, LeBron James is not a Browns fan. I don't care what airs he puts on now. I don't care if he went to the stadium in Los Angeles and pretended to cheer on the Browns. He is a Cowboys fan. He grew up a Cowboys fan. He's taken many a picture of himself, of himself, posted it himself, of him being in Cowboys gear. Which means, Odell Beckham Jr., he wasn't a fan of you when you were a New York Giant either, because you were a rival. He might try to hitch his wagon. He might try to suddenly hop on board with the Browns now. Uh, But the Browns bandwagon has no room for a traitor. And that has to be made abundantly clear by Baker, by uh, Miles Garrett, anyone that he tries to kiss uh, up to. At this point, he wants free tickets and he wants free camera time. I guarantee you he wants to be comped. I guarantee you he wants the Cleveland Browns to kiss his rear end and give him all sorts of free crap and free perks and allow him to come hang out in the locker room and sh- and probably show up during the uh, championship rounds and so on. Uh, he, He wants first dibs on Super Bowl seats when that happens. The answer needs to be an emphatic no. He chose to be a Cowboys fan, and now he's trying to come back because the Browns are really good. I'm not even talking about today's game yet. I'm talking about period. The Browns have gotten infinitely better than they've been since Bernie Kosar was forced out of town by that cheating hack, Bill Belichick and his buddy, uh, Michael Lombardi. This is the best they've been since Bernie was forced out. And... All of a sudden, here's LeBron. Hey, look at me, everybody. I'm a Browns fan. He He goes and lies directly to the Manning brothers. Oh, yes, I've always been a Browns fan. And there are certain people in this town who are so desperate to continue to hitch their wagon to him. Oh, yes, oh, he's always been a Browns fan. Even though he himself posted the evidence to the contrary. It wasn't that we photoshopped him. It wasn't that somebody snuck a photo of him. It was he proudly took the photos of him in Cowboys gear and posted it. And, for that matter, memo to Paul Dolan and the Cleveland Guardians, he's not a Guardians fan. He wasn't an Indians fan. He sat in Jacobs Field when the the Indians were playing against the Yankees, and that piece of garbage wore Yankees gear and held up his Yankees cap proudly in the middle of Jacobs Field when we were playing against the Yankees. He is not a Guardians fan. He is not an Indians fan. He is not a Guardians fan. And for anyone who might be delusional, who might be suffering from hallucinations, maybe they've had a little too much ayahuasca or peyote buttons, maybe they got a bad batch of medicinal marijuana, LeBron James is not a Cavalier. LeBron James left Cleveland twice. We bent over backwards to please him, to make him happy twice, and twice he gave us the finger and left. And both times I've heard it said Oh, he he wants to go somewhere where he could be a winner. Both times, he went to a team that was full of doo-doo and went there and recruited there and made them good. They weren't good when he arrived. When he arrived in Miami, Diane Wade is all that Pat Riley had going for him. He didn't have Chris Bosch. That didn't happen until LeBron James staggered into town at the Fó. No, 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 no. The Miami Heat, frankly, was crap. And then, when he went to L.A., the Lakers weren't good. They were crap. Total crap. So, "'Don't give me this, oh, well, he just wants to go where the team is good.' "'No, he had it good here, and he tore it asunder himself.' "'He turned on Kyrie Irving, who said that he was the Cleveland kid.' Don't blame me, that's what came out of Kyrie Irving's mouth. That he was a Cleveland kid, he was happy to be here, he was happy to lead the Cavaliers. Until that bag of bones showed up. Some of you hate Kevin Love. Ironic, isn't it, that the exact same championship team that you want to herald LeBron James for... Kevin Love was there. So was Kyrie Irving, but you have no respect for either one of them. The only reason Kevin Love was here to begin with was because we traded Andrew Wiggins to acquire him. And are you ready for some even more uh, twisted information that you forgot you know? Right now, we would kiss the air, I clean that up in mid-sentence, we would kiss something rather graphic to have Andrew Wiggins playing for the Cavs, now wouldn't we? Oh, I've heard it. I've seen it. Hey, do you think we can trade Kevin Love and and get uh, Andrew Wiggins back? (laughs) we'd love to have him on this team, wouldn't we? But we got rid of him because we thought, well, if Kevin Love is here, it'll surely make LeBron James happy. Well, he pushed away Kevin Love, and he pushed Kyrie Irving out the door. I don't care what other manner of events you want to bring up. I don't care what you want to say about Kyrie Irving. I happen to like the kid. I liked him uh, as a player when he was here. I appreciated his effort. I appreciated that he was on that championship team just as much. And there are certain things about him, although I disagree with the whole flat earth thing, there are things about him, his personal life that I admittedly agree to as well. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. But the the main quarrels I have with LeBron James leaving the second time is after he chased away Kyrie Irving. After we've traded away Andrew Wiggins to bring in Kevin Love just to pacify him. He has to screw up the team royally before he makes his BS exit. And uh, if you want to pretend you don't know what I'm talking about, oh, I'll happily go a few rounds with you, and I will just simply state facts. And you can blubber and uh, hem and haw and beat around the bush all you'd like, but you know darn well, that I'm 100% right, no GM in their right mind for any other reason than pleasing LeBron James, no GM in their right mind would bring in Derrick Rose and what was left of Diane Wade. Not one bit. The only reason either one of them were brought to this team was for LeBron James. It goes back to Beijing. And again, there are a lot of people who like to pretend they have no idea what I'm talking about. But I remember... I remember... Well, you know, Bob, uh, they're saying in the locker room they were discussing what it would be like to play together as a team in the NBA. They were going to figure out ways to do it. And the only one who walked out of the locker room and wanted no part of this discussion was Kobe Bryant. Imagine that, Died a Laker. Never went to another team, never hit under another man's skirt like LeBron did, and Chris Bosch did, and Chris Paul did, and so many others on the Beijing team. Hmm? And now here we are, cognitive dissonance, intellectual dishonesty. Can't help it, we've got to pretend that that quitter, that scumbag, is a Browns fan somehow it makes you cooler to be a browns fan simply because he pretends no no that needs to stop and uh, since i'm on today's game baker mayfield i'm i'm so grateful i am so grateful that he took time out of his Post uh, game presser to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and say it: the referees screwed us. To paraphrase, of course, and they did, and there are plenty of pictures to prove that. The times that 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 the Chargers were about to punt and miraculously defensive pass interference that wasn't even remotely against the Browns but it was called against the Browns to give the Chargers a first down. To help the Chargers get touchdowns, to get points. Now, I'm not one of these dum-dums that is going to say, we just let the Browns off the hook about this and we'll just talk about the referees. No. But I want you people to acknowledge that the referees blatantly, blatantly made horrible calls. Now, if you, want, if you want to pretend that it was on accident all of those times today, that it was obviously not a call against the Browns, but they made it anyway, if you want to play, pretend that, go right ahead. But quite frankly, it's happened in basically every game this season. And mercifully, the Browns have risen to the occasion every single damn time, except for this this loss here. The other loss, they really couldn't do much about it. The referees were out to screw them and succeeded. This one... They did do some shooting themselves in the foot. They really, really did. They shot themselves in the foot rather mightily, but it had nothing to do with Baker Mayfield, and I'm getting sick and tired of this. Every week, we shouldn't have to defend him. And I'm talking not just to, to the, the national media and my friend Ben Maller, Ben, you and I have gone back what about 20 years now? And you know how I feel about this, and here you poke me in the eye on the radio and you're you're picking on Baker Mayfield that he is the reason that things have have gone the way they've gone in the two losses. It's all Baker Mayfield's fault. No and And I'm getting tired of the chorus of well he doesn't he doesn't have any rapport with Odell Beckham jr. They're not allowed to play together most of the time they finally get they finally get together where they're both playing and oh 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 i say, i I need to bring this up as well uh Notice that it was Odell Beckham Jr. who said, "Oh really, I've had the exact same injury that Baker's dealing with for 10 years. So you can take that little you can take that little uh, that little storyline that they, they were trying to push. Well we need to get rid of Baker now. He's got that injury." And Odell Beckham Jr. says, "I've had it for 10 years." Yeah, it hurts once in a while, but you can still play. Clearly, I have. Uh Uh-oh. And Baker did not look bad at all today. It's not his fault. What happened today was not his fault. Where does the majority of it lie? Now, of course, I'm going to say the majority of it has to do with injury. Believe it or not, um, the offensive line. I, I'm grateful that that the offensive line held up the way it held up. I am, but um, you can't you can't lose Conklin and Wills, and expect that they run the exact same plays that they would run with Wills and Conklin in there. But the defense, ugh. How many injuries can you take? Uh, I think, honestly, uh, Jadavian Clowney being there really cramped our style. And I, I, I never thought that in a million years that that would be the case. But this defense today was awful. Dreadfully awful. And yes, I am saying that it reflects on the Chargers being horribly overrated, and yet they managed to win. That's how bad the defense played today. The, the Chargers are horribly overrated, and yet somehow they managed to beat us. And a great deal of it had to do with the referees, of course. And, and uh, the injuries had quite a bit to do with it. But that defense, ugh, Uh gross. They gave up so many points. I mean, uh, Baker, between Baker and, and Chubb and Hunt, primarily those three. In uh, Njoku, the Chief, my gracious, uh, the Chief got loose on that one, didn't he? Um but uh, the offense puts up so many points, and yet they still lose because the defense couldn't stop a runny nose with a box of Kleenex. It, it was depressingly sad. I, I literally came home from, from watching the end of the game and was sad, depressed, for a moment, because of how poorly things went, and of course I'm angry at the referees. Of course I am, and of course I'm d- disappointed that the the offensive line got so torn up, and 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 Jadamian Clowney wasn't out there, and you know we we didn't have Newsom. We, you know, several players were out on that defense. So I understand that was a major part of it. But for goodness sake, I mean, they, they, that defense just, I have no idea what happened. This is the same defense that was dominant. Dominant. And, and here against the Chargers, they just sucked. They were pedestrian. How my, I have them in fantasy football. I will I, full disclosure I have them I have the Browns defense. How they gave me so many points, I don't understand. i looked I looked at at the end stat line and I saw that the the number of points they gave me in fantasy football and I said with how many points they gave up, how many touchdowns they gave up, how many yards they gave up um uh, you know so many different aspects of the game in which the browns defense was piss poor today and yet i got quite a quite a, a a hefty sum in fantasy football i still don't know how that happened i'm not going to argue with it uh but but i in all reality my goodness my goodness did they play poorly And they're going to have to recover. We're going to have to get Jadamian Clowney back out there, I hope, Greg Newsome, and uh, start getting that team back on the field. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do about the offensive line. Um, For some reason, my man Jarvis Courtney can't uh, get a return phone call. But at this point, I would consider bringing him in. Um, I mean, uh, you've got Hans and Hudson, and they both performed admirably. I mean, uh, it, wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like a couple of weeks ago when Baker was getting creamed sack after sack after sack after sack. But um, you're going to have to think of something because if somebody else somebody else goes down i don't know who you have play play the offensive line i mean are are you going to send uh uh, the fullback A- A- Andy, are you going to send Andy out there to have him be the offensive line? You're going to have somebody from the defense, uh, which is pretty depleted itself. You're going to have them swap around to the other side of the ball. You have to, you have to come up with some sort of plan. If if something happens and and Conklin uh, can't play, if Wills can't go, I don't know what you do. Uh, Honestly, you have to come up with something, and I would suggest calling Jarvis Courtney. Tank is waiting by the phone, I guarantee it. He knows that his time is inevitable. Somebody is going to be calling him. I think that there's a great many of us in the Cleveland area who would be excited to see Tank put on a Browns uniform. Even if it's just to fill in until Wills and Conklin get back, I think a great many of us would be pleased to see him, and I think he would relish the opportunity to perform. But that defense, (laughs) holy mackerel. Uh, uh, Something might have to be done. You might have to do something uh, to at least make it a, a deeper squad. Because you are, you were missing so many. And credit to uh, Andrew Barry, for for bringing in McDowell. Um, honestly, I was shocked to see uh, McDowell on the Browns at all, but now I'm thrilled. I mean, he was. He was one of the really bright spots. And I was petrified seeing that Miles Garrett was hurt for a moment because I was worried we'd lost him. (laughs) That could have been a problem. But all in all, we're still better than the Steelers. (laughs) And uh, there's still room to recover. There's still room to improve. I just hope that the NFL, in its infinite wisdom, will instead find themselves for being so piss poor at refereeing, then pick on Baker this week because Baker, whether you like it or not, was right. So we have a bit of a mystery on our hands, and uh, well, I wouldn't say it it ranks up there with. Uh, Murder mysteries, or you know the the zodiac killer and uh, him finally being found out after all these years, uh, you can go ahead and look up the information on that yourself this This took place at work now. Mind you, I work in a factory. I never really say where I work, and I don't want to. I don't want to get myself or anyone else in trouble, and I certainly don't want to be bothered at work or anything stupid like that. But I will say that I work in a very loud factory. Now, not as loud as the other end of the building. My end of the building is pretty quiet, generally. But uh, the other day, we had... Twice as many machines as normal going. We had, uh, we had both grinders going, so that's incredibly loud. We had uh, three forklifts buzzing in and out. We had delivery trucks making deliveries. We had uh, bosses shouting to one another. And yet, over all of that, we, we were wearing uh, ear protection. Okay, we're, we, we're told we have to wear ear protection because of all the noise. So I have earmuffs on. They basically look like old-school radio headphones, big cans. Uh, and they, uh, they muffle pretty much anything. Uh, what they're supposed to be rated for is, is if someone were to fire a gun right by my ear, it would not damage my hearing. That that's that's the level of of uh, of protection that I have on my head at all times, and so over all of that noise and the ear protection, I hear as clear as day, loud and clear, Calliope music from a carousel, boop 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 for about ten seconds. Now, I have, I have the ability, uh, the gift, is, as it were, to hear things that sometimes others don't. I understand that. This is one of those times in which someone else heard it. Now, there are two, two machines with two people working at them in between us and the other person who heard it she was four machines away Uh, and then over on this end there were two more people working who didn't hear it the bosses didn't hear it the office people didn't hear it the people in the warehouse didn't hear it but yet I hear it and someone four machines away heard it and uh, we cannot explain where it came from now To clarify, if someone comes up to speak to me, they have to be shouting, or I'm going to have to take my earmuffs off, because otherwise I'm not going to understand a word they say. If I turn my uh, radio on, and I have three or four different apps for radio, and a couple for podcasting, On my phone, if I were to turn one of those on and turn it all the way up, and I were to uh, connect my Bluetooth speaker and turn it all the way up, I would barely, barely hear anything if I only had the earplugs in, not these earmuffs. Earmuffs, I hear doodly squat. If I had the earplugs in, which I didn't, I would barely hear music. If I held the speaker up to my face like a pair of binoculars, and meanwhile I only had the earplugs in, I might hear half a song, uh, the other half lost in the noise. Okay, that's how noisy it is in there, and that's how virtually impossible it is to hear music in there. So, not only did I hear it loud and clear, someone four machines away heard it loud and clear, and no one else. How did this happen? Well, let me add that the closest large carousel Again, not talking about one of those ones with three horses that goes in a circle at the uh, uh, Kmart for a nickel. You know, you put put a nickel in there, and it goes around in a little circle. No, no, no. No, the, the closest large carousel is uh, about 30 minutes away, and that's if that mall did not close. Otherwise, 45 minutes away easily. So, for us to have heard their Carousel Calliope music, they would have had to have blared it, and I highly doubt we would have heard it even then. And if they had somehow managed to magnify the sound so much so that we could hear it 45 minutes away inside a loud factory with ear protection, I'm pretty sure it would have been more than just two people hearing the Carousel Calliope music. So the mystery is, the question here is, how in the world... Did we hear it? And where did it come from? I welcome your logical explanations. I know most of you, if anything, you will have a sarcastic or humorous answer, which is fine, but please know that I've come up with about two dozen myself. Uh, I'm trying to get a logical explanation for why Myself and one coworker four machines away managed to hear carousel calliope music as though we were on the carousel calliope like, or like we were sitting on the carousel listening to the Calliope is what I mean. So please do if you have any information uh, at skip doesip on the Twitter and give me a shout. Uh, Or, if you are on Anchor, and you are looking at this site, you can leave me a voicemail, and you can regale me with the tale on voicemail, and I will play it right here on the show, and I will say, oh, this person is of grand wisdom and knowledge. They have sorted out the mystery that I can't. So, if you happen to have any information, any explanation for why I would hear Carousel Calliope music where it does not exist, and it can't possibly be heard, I would love to know. Today I was watching Twitch, and um, I don't know if you watch Twitch, I don't know if you pay any attention to it, you might be aware of it and just discount it as being unimportant and that's fine Um, but there are people who watch uh, streamers who play role-playing games in one uh, particular genre there's it's called no pixel it's ultimately a form of Grand Theft Auto 5 Uh, where the single player mode has been modified into a multiplayer uh, role-playing open-world kind of experience. And uh, improvisational type people and role-players. So very much up my alley if I ever had a computer, but uh, you know... people of, of talent, people of mind, uh, at least some of them. Uh, uh, but uh, streamers come and they play this, this uh, game, and they create characters from the ground up. They actually create their appearance, what they're wearing, their voice, their backstory, and uh, they live out this life and people tune in in many cases 6 7 nights a week and they watch these characters live their lives and a a true actor a true improvisational performer a true role player puts their heart and their soul their true selves into their character it might not be immediately perceptible to everyone but to people who who sit and they watch these things for hours on end um uh, because it's like their tv show it's their uh as my mom would say their stories okay they become attached. And I've heard, well, it's just a game, or it's just a character, it's a work of fiction. But the, to people who watch these things regularly, they become not attached so much to the character. that The character is an idea. The character is a mask. The character is a costume, if you will. Um, people who watch, like me, become attached to the heart and soul and the mind that lies beneath the character. What, What this improvisational person is tapping into to create this character and bring them to life, that is what you are falling in love with. That is what you are becoming attached to. And today, a streamer, a well-known streamer, killed off a beloved character. I don't think he realized just how beloved the character was until he saw the reaction of so many, both fellow players and people who are just simply watching a stream. To so many today, it was abundantly clear that it wasn't just a game, it wasn't just a character, just a work of fiction. It was real. And that's because the streamer involved had poured his heart and soul had used the corners of his mind that he rarely shared with anyone to create a character, and it resonated in truth with people, in reality with people. They weren't attached to the character. If the character had never existed, life would spin on. It wasn't the character... It was the heart and the soul, the mind, that they, they had become accustomed to, to seeing and hearing and feeling. And it, uh, it devastated a lot of people. People are literally mourning. They're crying. They are upset. They are beside themselves. And the streamer, even the streamer, was reportedly surprised. And there are people who say, I, I don't understand. The streamer isn't dead. Well, no. No, the streamer's not dead. But this, this beautiful heart and soul that so many had developed an attachment to, had welcomed into their lives, their homes their hearts. Now that's not available to them. Now the streamer could very easily go create a completely different character and pour a completely different portion of heart and soul and mind into that character. And it could very easily be that this streamer creates a character even more beloved than the one that just died. But ultimately, the character that, that was just killed off, that was just uh, permed as they say, will live on in the minds and hearts of people. And, and even though that, that character is a work of fiction, there's something incredibly real. And some of you don't understand. Perhaps I, I could put uh, put this example out there, and, and maybe this will resonate with someone. Have you ever heard a Walking Dead fan say, "If Daryl dies, we riot"? I can actually understand. From what I've watched of that show, and I admit it's all of a total of a half an hour, I can understand why people are attached to Daryl Dixon. Daryl Dixon is real. Daryl Dixon is cool. Daryl Dixon is something to be loved. Just as this character that died today was. And I was reminded of a dream I had. I was a real young kid at the time. I would say, oh, seven or eight. And I had this bizarre nightmare in which Snoopy died. I loved Snoopy and still do. I still watch Snoopy. Peanuts cartoons and still read the strips and and uh, used to have a, several Peanuts books. But when I sat up in bed I was horrified. Snoopy had died. Charlie Brown had killed Snoopy old Yeller style. and it took me several days to accept that it was just a nightmare, but it continues to linger in the back of my mind on days like this. Why was I so upset about Snoopy? Because Charles Schultz had poured his heart and soul and mind into his characters. They weren't just drawings on a page or characters put up on a screen, on a TV screen, a couple of times a year. He was making a heart-to-heart, mind-to-mind, soul-to-soul connection. And it was... It was a nightmare. It was a true nightmare that a character, that that bit of Charles Schultz, had passed on. Charles Schultz had died. In fact, at that age, I had no idea who Charles Schultz was. To me, Snoopy was the real thing. And so... I guess when when I see this going on and people are reacting even on Twitter and Facebook away from Twitch where people might not have any idea what the hell they're talking about, the, the idea that it's simply a work of fiction, just a game, misses the point entirely. And I think it speaks to something that has been bantered about quite a bit lately. They say, well, there are certain characters and certain types of characters that get a lot of viewers, a lot of subscribers on Twitch. And those are are criminals and and horrible, horrible characters. And there are certain parts of those streamers' hearts and souls and minds being poured into these things, and it's resonating with a certain portion of the viewers. I wonder when one of those characters should... Happen to finally fall to the quote-unquote perma-death... ...I wonder if we'll see the same reaction. Or will it be a relief? Will certain viewers mourn the loss of such characters that, that make it seem like just a game... Or will they simply just shrug and say, Oh well, one less thing to pay attention to. I just wonder these things as I lie awake at night unable to sleep. What do you think? Is there a fictional character you've become so attached to that when that character dies, you will mourn as though it were a true member of your family? And if so, why do you think that'll that'll occur? Why do you think you're going to mourn a fictional character? I would love your responses. You know, today at lunch... Um, I did something incredibly bizarre, and I wonder if any of you have done this before. Um, I had my food for for lunch in the microwave, and the timer went off, and rather than pulling out a thermometer or, you know, feeling it or tasting it, trying to understand... I I simply stuck my head in and smelled the air inside the microwave, and when I smelled the food, I said, yep, smells hot enough, took it out, closed the microwave, didn't question it, just began to eat it. It couldn't have been, it may have not been right at all. I said... <laughs> I, I can't believe I said this. I said, yep, smells hot enough to me. Have you ever done that? Why Why is that? Do you, do you think it's um memories of childhood or something? Um, because when my mom would cook and I would be in the living room and I could smell the food coming from the kitchen you knew it was time to eat do you think that's what it is again i welcome your thoughts i i just kicked that around and i kind of laughed at myself because it had absolute it's never been on a recipe anywhere in the world it's no it's never been the instructions on the box when you can smell it in the microwave, it must be hot enough. And I just, I pulled it out and I just started eating. I didn't question it. I didn't question, hey, is the, did this get up to the proper temperature it needs to get up to? Or, hey, did, did this cook properly? Nope, didn't question it a bit. As soon as I could smell it, yep, must be hot enough. And I just went to town eating. So I wonder if, you, if you've if you ever done that. And if so, do you think it's because when we were kids we would smell the, the smells from the kitchen and know that dinner was just about to be called and mom was about to say, Dinner's ready! Are you like me? Do you wish your mom would call you to the kitchen to tell you dinner was ready one last time? Anyway... One final thought for this rambling evening in which I really didn't have a theme. More more. this was a personal journal entry, like it was originally meant to be, I think. Um, my new boss, we've only known one, o- one another for about a month or so, approached me and he said, why are you always so serious? You never seem to smile. Don't you laugh? And uh, that was sobering. was sobering because for years, part of the reason why I'm known as the Skipper, was was I was spending... Ten minutes at a time, telling jokes. For so long, I've been known as silly and happy-go-lucky, and I've just become so serious because of all that's going on around us. And I was pacing about, uh, walking out in the dark alone and I was kind of staring at my feet when I thought of this. I was just kind of watching my feet hit the ground. And I fell to prompting to look up. So I stopped in place and I looked up. and What I saw was the most stars I've seen in the sky In months and immediately I went from feeling out of place to feeling as though I was looking at home see I don't know if you're like me but if you're listening to this I suppose you probably are but this planet isn't my home my home is up there And when I looked up, I was looking directly at home, and I felt a a warmth over my heart that one can't explain. It was the closest I'd gotten, I think, to a hug from my mom since she passed, And I smiled and nodded and said, I miss you too, mom. And then I walked on and I found a darker portion of the street where none of the street lights or porch lights were hitting. And I just looked up for a minute. Hundreds of stars out tonight and a meteor shower. All of that excitement up there, and I'm down here. And I hope that, I hope that when you listen to me, that I do bring you joy, and I do make you laugh, and you don't think I'm just serious all the time. I need to get back to expressing my sense of humor instead of just letting it run loose in my head all the time. But most importantly, dear listener, wherever you may be in 34 countries, I hope to you I feel a bit like home. Like an old friend who who truly cares. Because I am. And if you go out at at night and look up, and you see the stars, and the stars feel like home. Perhaps we're even older friends than you may know. But either way, I do encourage you to go outside and look up. Just enjoy. Don't Don't get lost on this planet looking down all the time. Look up. Look beyond what you see with your naked eye and and look with your heart and soul and, and see what it tells you. And if the stars do indeed feel like home, maybe you and I are far more like than you realize. Well, that's it for tonight. I've rambled on incoherently enough. If you're still listening, thank you. If you're a subscriber, and again, 34 countries, thank you so very much. I hope you'll share it with someone else who might want to come along for the journey. But I wish you the best of evenings. And until next time, good night, sweetheart. I love you, Krista. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate you. But I really must say Oh, good night, sweetheart